you can get it done. What's more, you gotta get it done. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. Let's get the gleam, all right? Let's go. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. Hey, guys, where else would you rather be? Welcome into Hour 2 of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Join the conversation now on the Long and Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. Or text Rick and the show at 744-2990. And now your host, the Big Dog, Rick Watson. Great way to be back in studio after a two-day hiatus. Thank you so much for all of your requests. Jen and Mike Ashley coming up. Hour number three. Join us now on the program. Whenever you hear Panama, you can't help but think about Will Stewart from Tech Sideline. His open here on BDST. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I just texted you a picture of... <laughs> Yeah. David Lee Roth and Eddie Van Halen enjoying McDonald's late 1970s. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> well, when you're out on the road, I guess you, you need a burger, right? Hey, there you go. It's a, over 24 billion sold. It's a sepia toned black and white photo of. Uh, Look at Eddie. <laughs> David Lee Roth and Eddie Van Halen. They're standing outside in a parking lot that has snow piled up in yeah, it. Yeah, looks like that's a fillet of fish that maybe David Lee has in his hand there. Okay. Oh, oh, tell me he, he's Catholic and it's like <laughs> Friday or something? Why else would you eat a fillet of fish? <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Well, Eddie just sees, Eddie's already taken a bite out of the burger. He's just standing there. Wow, that's good. That's good. <laughs> What's with Eddie's facial expression? <laughs> I don't know. They're probably still so, you know. Maybe uh, <clears throat> chemically induced from the previous evening that they decided had the munchies that morning. Or that you need to, you need to share this on your Facebook page. It's from Classic Rock. <laughs> yeah, and I'll have Picks. to do that. I'll have to do that. <laughs> <clears throat> I, I, there's a bunch of Facebook accounts that I either follow or I get promos for them that are like old celebrity uh, photos and things like that. I love it. Uh, I will. I'll have to post that because we get we get a ton of traffic on the Facebook page. We had over. 80,000 impressions last week. It's crazy. Mind-boggling. But anyway. So uh, um, your show yesterday was a tech sideline takeover. Did you know that? Yeah. Dan had said, hey, I just told Dan, I said, look, do whatever you want. I got in at 4.30 yesterday morning. I got in at the time I'm usually already on the road to come to the show. You, you called a one-point loss oh. and then got home at 4.30. Yeah. And then you've got the six-hour drive and you're just like... <laughs> Oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, I need to come in, and I just told Dan, I said, look, do whatever you want. Just keep it clean for uh, family value entertainment, and he laughed. And, uh, yeah, it was good. He had all sorts of folks on. And uh, David Cunningham was on, right? So the lineup was uh, – <clears throat> man, hang on. It's a – I just I just remember looking at the lineup. It was 
Tech sideline intern, tech sideline intern, <laughs> well, former tech sideline intern, go. tech sideline employee. Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, uh, I'll have to look it up. So. That's cool. Well, no, you did a great job. And he was the producer here when I did the show from Charleston on Wednesday and did a good job. So that was fun. Dan does a nice job. He's an engineering guy. He's going to have a very successful post-collegiate life. Yeah, um, Giovanni Heater, who uh, hosts yep. hosts our uh, and that name is not made up by the way. That's his actual his name? name. Yeah, he's born to call baseball games. With the I mean, name don't you think, right? Giovanni Heater, Giovanni Heater, the new voice of whatever major league team you want to put him in down the road. You know that sports media and analytics program at Virginia Tech is so interesting because um, <clears throat> those kids come in and they literally in their for their entire college career spend time doing what they're going to be doing when they graduate. Yeah, that's what's so cool about it. They Absolutely. Get, they get tremendous opportunities to call games on the streaming platforms for the ACC network. Uh, so so the SMA sports media and analytics interns will call for instance soccer games and lacrosse games. They'll call the early season basketball games, softball games. Uh, we have them come in and host podcast for us they do reports on site after games for us so they're doing actual work it's like if you were an electrical engineering student and from the time you were a freshman you started doing electrical engineering work so they get incredible experience and yeah i mean a guy like geo he's in spring of his junior year and He's ready. He could go be a yeah. professional announcer right now. Yeah, you could go do all these games. You just build. That's and that's the best thing for it, you know. And we use a lot of those kids down at Radford too, so it, it's great to be able to help out when we can. Yeah, so yeah. it's good stuff. Good stuff. Now we appreciate Danny. He did a good job yesterday. Um, well, okay, let's get the tech women's thing out of the way. I mean, I had some people panicking. I said it's not that big a deal. I mean, it is a loss. It, it is what it is. It may have hurt. It may have knocked them out of a number one seed, but whatever. They're the regular season champs. You're not going to go through the, the ACC and think you're going to win 12 straight. They won 10 straight. They had a great run. They're fine. I'm chalking that up to a home team being ready. What do you think? Yeah. Um, first of all, Tech clinched the uh, sole possession of first place because Syracuse lost last night. And Syracuse could have tied Tech That's in the right. standings. That's right. Tech would have gotten the number one seed because they beat Syracuse. That's right. That's um, right. That game last night did not surprise me at all. Um, certain teams are a bad matchup for Virginia Tech, and, and Notre Dame's one of them, just simply because of the presence of uh, Hannah Hidalgo, um, who I had not watched play extensively. Yeah. Last, last night was the first time I'd watched her play a whole game. And Virginia Tech struggles with a couple of things that they got laid on them last night. They they have difficulty stopping penetration into the paint by by fast guards. Um, and that that goes back. You watch that Duke game. Duke's got a couple of guards that play for them that are very young, that are very fast, and Tech struggles to keep them out of the paint. Um, and the other thing that uh, so let, let's go back to that Duke game. Duke has a has one of those spidery defenses that is just all over the court and and in the passing lanes, and they're difficult to play against. <clears throat> but Duke's offense isn't very good. You go to Notre Dame, they play that same defense. The problem is the offense the is offense good. The offense is good, yeah. 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 So the other thing that happened last night was the type of defense got played on Liz Kitley that she struggles with. Um, so if, is there, there, are several, there are a couple of ways to defend Liz Kitley. One of them is to double-team her and double and triple-team her. And anybody struggles with that, she does. You know? Yeah, sure. Now, if you want to guard her one-on-one, so let's go back to the Duke game. Duke tried to guard her one-on-one, but they did it poorly. 
Um, if you want to guard Liz Kitley one-on-one, you have to put the body on her and keep it on her. Because if, if, if they get the ball into the paint, and, and last night Maddie Westbeld was bodying Liz up. I'm not saying she was fouling her, but she was making constant contact. So Liz catches the ball in the paint, and Westbeld is on her. And what Liz struggles with in that case is getting that separation. Uh, the, she can't even get the separation to properly execute the fadeaway shot that is so deadly. And last night early on, she did get around Westbeld for three layup attempts and only made one of them. You know, moving with the ball on, off the bounce is not Liz's thing. Um, so that, that was... Never mind Hidalgo. I thought Westbeld was a difference in the game last night. Uh, she scored nineteen, at least nineteen points. May have may have scored some more at the end of the game that I missed, and she played great defense on uh, on Liz Kitley. So, uh, uh, you know, Hidalgo is going to get hers, and uh, Westbeld I think is the one that made the difference in the game. So, the larger picture, um, you know, our the the in game the fans on our message boards are very unforgiving. They're brutal. <laughs> But last night they really weren't all yeah. that brutal. They were just like, you know what? Notre Dame wants it more. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're coming at us. They're in our faces. And it's just their night. It is. It was. Um, That's the kind of the way I – yeah. It's just going to happen sometimes. And Tech's already won the regular season. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, um, they could still secure a one seed. Sure they could. You know, a uh, lot, lot, of, lot of games yeah. to be yeah. played between now and then. Uh, you know, a one seed is nice, but a two seed's almost as good. So um, uh, it just means you got to play the one seed before you get out that's of the right. regional. That's right. You're still going to be hosting and all yeah. that. So I agree. I agree. I, if you're going to nitpick, and I've talked about it before, I just wonder about Liz always playing 40 minutes. At some point, I don't care how good she, how good you are, six six. That's going to weigh on a post player's legs. She's seeing 40 minutes almost every game, and last night was one that. You probably and like they're gonna beat UVA, so you you don't need the player forty minutes unless that's just something Kenny has an agreement with. Her. Look, we we got your back. We spent spent on you. You're gonna play. I mean, I don't know, but it just seems like that might be the only thing I can think of. Maybe not. Maybe it doesn't bother. I don't know. So, so what was it at halftime? Was it uh, 45-27? No, no, no. It was close at halftime. Uh, like an eight, six or eight point I'm game. Sorry, I'm remembering the men's game actually from thirty six twenty eight. Yeah. There you um, go. All right. So, you know, at one point, Notre Dame put, I believe, a 17 to 2 run on them. Um, got a lot of, it was 32 to 18. And then Tech closed it to uh, 36 to, what was it? Uh, 36 to 28 at the half. So Tech, Tech went on a 10 2 run to close the gap. If they hadn't closed the gap, you might have seen Liz sitting on the bench. Yeah. But, yeah. but the, the, the problem, in air quotes, is that they kept making runs and kept getting within, you know, six to eight points. Tech put another 10-2 run on them in the second half. and But what happened then was Notre Dame would just turn right around and put a run on yeah, Tech. So, yeah. they you know, they got up and just stayed up. Uh, uh, Kenny lately is bringing Strack in at the – Clara Strack in at the four and not the five. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's, yeah. that's why Liz is playing 40 minutes a game. So – We'll see. It may not matter. Maybe, you know, she's young enough. Maybe it won't matter. But we'll see. That could catch up with them here in the postseason. That's what they're vying for. This whole season's been pointing at the postseason. Yeah, and, and I think Liz uh, got fatigued mentally last night. I don't know about physically. Uh, somebody I noticed got gassed was uh, Matilda Eck. There was one play late in the game where Notre Dame took it coast to coast. 
and Eck was chasing as fast as she could, and she just didn't have anything left in the tank, and it wound up in a layup on the other end. So, um, you know, as, as good as this team is, Rick, they, they do have their weaknesses. If, if you dog Georgia Amor with a good defender or good defenders – um, it can take her out of her game, like it did last night. It does. Let's, let's see what Georgia shot last night. Seven, terribly. Of, seven yeah. of twenty-four. Yeah. Um, she threw a couple shots up late that that contributed to that, but she was not shooting well at any point in the game. Um, so you 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 can dog Georgia Amor into having a bad game. Um, you can beat Tech off the dribble down into the paint. You can body Liz up in certain ways. So these are the weaknesses of yeah, this team. They're sure. not a perfect team, but they are. They are darn good, and the thing they showed last night that uh, um, is one of their biggest strengths is their resiliency. As, as difficult as that was, they did cut the lead to five, yeah. I think, at one point. Yeah, late. they gave themselves a shot. They're, they're, they're never out of it, you know? So, Well, I agree. I, I think the folks who sent me the text earlier just – you know, take it in stride. Now, I wouldn't say even it wouldn't be a panic thing, but if they lose Saturday, which I don't think they will, I don't think Virginia's type of team that's going to Sunday beat them Sunday. I mean, they're five hundred. They're five games under five hundred in the league. UVA is that weird team that can rise yeah, up at any moment they and could. beat anybody. They could. They've had some big wins. They have, but but they've had a lot of losses too. Um, they're either building to something and they're not quite there yeah, yet, or yeah, maybe that's what it is, or. The coach isn't that great, and they just occasionally play a good game. Yeah, and you see that in basketball a lot. That, that was a Seth Greenberg hallmark, where Seth's Seth's teams would play a great game against like the yeah. number one team in the country. Yeah, and then they yeah, and then tank the next game. <laughs> uh, you know, you're right, and it worked out for Tech. You know, NC State, who's really been struggling, uh, came back to beat Syracuse in overtime, so that helped Tech out a little bit, but not really. They were still fine in terms of the the number one seed in the out of the conference. So we'll see how it plays out. The league is, is solid. But, you know, Virginia last night lost by 19 at Duke. I mean, just look at certain things. I, I think they're going to be fine. And they'll go to the tournament, and they'll get their batteries recharged, and they'll be okay. I actually, if you assume, if you believe that Tech is the best team in the conference, um, having seen everybody in the conference now, I think Notre Dame's the second best team in the conference. They look like yeah, the real coach. Yeah, I kind of I was impressed with them last night. You might be right. I think you're right. I did not feel threatened by watching them play. Watch watching Virginia Tech play all these games. I, I certainly think NC State was overrated. Yeah, um, clearly. I was not impressed too much with Louisville. Mm-mm. UNC's got essentially one player, one player plus a three point shooter. If you guard her, she's that's not right. A problem. They don't have any posts play uh, at all. Who else? Duke. Now Duke's got a really good defense, and they have some that speed. bothers Tech. Right, that has bothered Tech. But but Notre Dame has. They've got Hidalgo, who's a problem. When Westbelt plays like she did last yeah, night, they've they've got two good players, and then the player that's coming on for them is uh, what's her name, Citron. Uh, what's her first name? Sonia Sonia Citron yeah, last yeah. night was she was nine of 15, 21 points. That's so a that's night. that's a three pronged attack they had going last night. They could go a long run in the NCAA tournament. <clears throat> yeah, now Virginia Tech's always going to give you Kitley and Amor, and then sometimes somebody else will. Somebody's yeah. Samil yeah. will get fourteen. Yeah, rebounds, right. One or, of the three. Eck will hit three pointers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Virginia Tech at any given time can have three places they're attacking you from, but the only other team I've seen in the league that can do that is Notre Dame. So. That concerns me, but I, I think if they meet in uh, Greensboro, that Virginia Tech will beat them second time around. 
Carolina, a terrible loss last night at BC. So you have a lot of the teams that were hyped that aren't as good. I agree with you. I think I would go Notre Dame and Duke. It's probably the two that Tech, Tech – Notre Dame and Duke. Yeah, that yeah. don't want to see – Tech doesn't want to see Notre Dame and Duke in the tournament if they can avoid it as long as possible. At some point they will, I think. But, you know, Duke, once again, I think was the turning point for this Tech team like it was last year. That's what Kenny told us here on the show. Yeah. Yep. So, so we'll see. But I think they're okay, everybody. Just, you know, it's going to happen. It was one, it's a one-off. It won't be a two-off, I don't think, Sunday. And they'll come back and get ready to rock and roll for Greensboro. You know, I, I saw a, uh, <clears throat> a little thing that uh, Holly Rowe did on Twitter about a minute and a half. She did it with Liz in Georgia. And, and at some point, I don't remember what question prompted this, but one of the two, either Liz or Georgia, just made a comment that, you know, that's why it's called the Final Four. It's really hard to get to. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy. And the problem was they made it look so easy last year. They blew through the ACC tournament. They, of course, won the two games at home. Then they blew through the regional. And they made it look easy. And it is not easy. Not now. Know. Not as easy. It was so easy. UConn had so much protection. I look back at that. Bill talks about that all the time. Yeah. Four of their first six games every year was played at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know they won titles. But I'm telling you, man, that's a ticket to the Final Four almost every year the way it was set up. And it's still not right. I understand they're doing it because they're afraid about attendance and they're trying to maximize dollars. But you shouldn't have teams hosting NCAA tournament games at any any round. It needs to end. If women's basketball wants to get the kind of respect it so craves and tries to promote, they've got to end home. The, the, on, yeah. uh, the home stuff. The home stuff. But financially, they can't right now. That's just the facts. That's why they do it. And they may eventually get there. Um, last night, after the Tech-Notre Dame game, I was watching a uh, – I don't even remember who I was watching play. Oh, it was Gonzaga and somebody. I wasn't really watching. You know, I had my laptop yeah. on my lap. Yeah. I was doing stuff. Gonzaga was on playing somebody, and there was a good crowd there. And um, the the rise in interest in women's basketball, it's hard to separate out, um, you know, what you see at Virginia Tech where they were, they were having 1,700 fans a home game five or six years yeah. ago, and now their yeah. castle's full. Yeah. And so when you see that, you're like, oh, <clears throat> women's basketball. Well, it's because Tech's really good. But I think looking around the conference, too. Um, there is there's a increased interest in women's basketball, which is put in peril, by the way, uh, because of the fact that the women are allowed to beat the hell out of each other. <laughs> they, are. they have got to get a grip on that. They do. At every game, you're right. You watch If you watch like South Carolina and SEC play, those, I mean, it, you're right. That's a great point. It is, it is very physical, very, very physical. It is in as a, as a, as a whole, it is a poorly officiated game yeah, on really, the collegiate level. It is, um, it is because you know there's only so many officials to go around, and the best ones are going to be officiating in the NBA, and they're going to be officiating men's games. And there are some good officials in in the women's game, but a lot of them just aren't very good. They aren't good. Really. They're not good at what they do. And and it, it is part of the women's game that it's a roll of the dice when you go to a game as to how it's going to be yeah. officiated and how well it's going to be. You don't know. Yeah. It is generally poorly officiated and that's part of the game. Yeah. But what is what should what they should put a stop to is the brutalizing, you know. The men's game is physical, but it's different. You know, um, like I, I keep going back to last year when I don't remember who the – DeAsia Gregg, I think it was, for Virginia Tech in the ACC tournament. 
in the championship game against Louisville got shoved in the back out of bounds. And, and they do stuff like that in the women's game. And they need to they need to officiate it out of the game because fans who are coming into the game are like, whoa, what the heck is this? Yeah, right. Will Stewart in studio. We're going to take a break. Come back. In close to the bottom of the hour. More coming up. We'll talk about the men's team and uh, turning into a lost season for Mike Young's squad. Got a new song for you coming back. Got a new song. Yeah. <laughs> Stay with us. Don't go away. All right. We're at the bottom of the hour. Halfway home here on the finally Friday edition. Hey, by the way. They gave me four more monster truck tickets to give away because we've given away so many. If you want to go tomorrow night, 7.30, call me up, 639-4900 right now. We have four more tickets for the monster truck show. It's the last four we have. Call me up now, 639-4900. We'll send you on your way. We'll be back. More of Will Stewart as we roll along in hour two. One that you, I'm sure, once you've partaken with your recreational drug of choice, <laughs> you sit and you go, Watch hey, the video. dude. So I discovered that song watching Reacher on Amazon Prime. Yeah, yeah. You ever watch Reacher? Oh, yeah, I'm a big Reacher guy. I uh, I promoted it here on the show. So people say, oh, thank you for turning me on to Reacher. Season one, much better than season two. But still, it's a good show. It's funny. Some uh, When season two started, people said, oh, this should be better than season one because it's, it's based on you know my favorite book in the series. Um, yeah. He's better as a wanderer, as the solo guy, that I think, with his team. It was fine. The dynamic was fine. But I know they realize they need to get back to their, to their roots. Big fan of his, though. Imagine that. I was a bigger fan of Dixon than I was of uh, the yeah. young lady from the first. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm with you on that one. What, 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 what was Roscoe. The, Roscoe. Thank you. I couldn't come up with <laughs> Roscoe. And yeah, Dixon and Roscoe. And, uh, yeah, so, it's a good, so, show. good show. So if you're watching Reacher, don't let your woman walk through the room. That guy's a stud. <laughs> yeah, he walks in, they're all stopping, and they're going, wow. Yeah, so the instant he takes his shirt off, which happens several times a season, just tell your woman, don't look, honey. Yeah. <laughs> Alan Richen. Alan Richson. Richson. Yeah, he's the actor. It's a good show. But they played that song when he when he was walking into the bad guy's lair. Move aside and let yeah, the man go Yeah, that's through. right. That's right. Let the that's man right. Go. And I was like, man, I like that's that song. That's a good song. Number one uh, Amazon Prime show ever. You know why? Because it's just entertainment the way God intended. No stupid political messaging. No trying to get across an agenda. No pandering. It's just, here you go. This is what TV entertainment's supposed to be. Imagine that. Never mind that the bad guys in the Reacher series have fired off somewhere in the neighborhood of 10,000 bullets <laughs> and never hit their mark. 
It's one of those shows. We, we ignore that. The bad guys cannot hit the ocean from the beach. <laughs> Although they did kill the police detective in season two. By now, it shouldn't be a spoiler for you, right? <laughs> yeah, you should have watched it. If it's yeah, a spoiler, come on. that's it's, your problem. Yeah, it's been, it's been, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're done filming season three coming up. So come on, come on. Yeah, I've, I've, I've got a guy that uh, Good show. I, I Good get show. email newsletters from a guy who reviews TV shows and uh, – yeah, he called Reacher season one his favorite show. It, that it, year. it was really good. Yeah. Season one, it's got. It's if you haven't watched season one, it's, it's a great little mystery that they tie together with a local. It's good. It's really good. Yep. Yeah. So you know what I've started watching recently is The Boys. What is that? I've heard of that. What is that? The Boys is a series on Amazon Prime. It's getting they're getting ready to have their fourth season in June, and it's kind of hard to explain. It is superheroes in the real world really um and it centers around uh this is on amazon prime yes okay gotta watch it the uh so so the boys refers to a group of about five ordinary people who are exposing the corruption that's inherent in the superhero world in this universe the superheroes there's a corporation called vaught and Vought has formed The Seven, which is a, a group of seven superheroes. And it's all this big, huge commercial enterprise. Oh, really? And, um, okay. Anything else would be spoiling, but uh, I've been meaning to watch it, and I finally got around to watching it. And, is this uh, the first season this year, or has it been uh, around for a while? They've had three seasons come really? out. Really? So they got a backlog. Oh, got plenty well, to watch. got to go and back and watch. Me, trust me, you're going to want to let it keep going. So okay. Right. I, I watched the very first episode, and I was like, you know, people are right. This is good. Okay. And then in the end credits, it said based on the comic book series by Garth Ennis. Okay. And I was like, well, no wonder. Well, Garth, no wonder Garth Ennis is my favorite writer Well, you know ever. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know he did this. In comic books, <laughs> so it makes sense that this is really good. Okay. All right. And it also makes sense that it's super violent with people's heads exploding and things like that. I mean, that's, that's Garth Ennis. That's right. Okay. <laughs> so anyway. The boys. All right. I'll check it out. Absolutely. I will take Will's endorsement on that. Absolutely. Good stuff. Oh, yeah. That is good stuff. All right. I'm going to ask a question just because I get proposed to me here. And I don't know what the vibe is on the message board. Are people souring on Mike Young? Because I get a lot of that here on the show. Um, it's tough for me. I've been a longtime friend of the family. I was very close with his uh, late father, and I know Mike. So for me, it's it, it's hard to talk about it, you know, because I do have that personal relationship. Great guy. Great guy. Great guy, and he was great at Wofford. Is this job not for him. I he, mean, I, I'm not trying to go overboard here. I'm just asking what I get asked a lot. Uh, as, as, as usual, um, conversations on a message board uh, are, are all sorts of levels of nuance. Like people, some people see the losses and say, fire him. But other people understand things better, you know. So all I can really give you is my viewpoint. And my viewpoint sure, is sure. that he, he's a good basketball coach. He is. No but he, question. he does require getting guys into his system and keeping them together. System guys, right? I mean, and, and yeah. that's that's the model that worked at Wofford. You know, he he got Fletcher McGee in and and peaked his last year there. I think they went thirty one and five. You know, and and yeah. when he has guys who have been in his system like Aluma, Mutz, Storm Murphy, Hunter Couture, you can peak and have a really good team. Which is what happened that year in the tournament two years ago, right? Yeah, Just everything clicked. Everything came together. Yeah, and. Uh, but he has had trouble keeping a roster together. He's had a lot of he, – he unfortunately has had his better athletes transfer out. 
And uh, a, a, a misstep that he made, which was a calculated gamble that backfired on him, was hiring Mike Jones out of uh, DeMatha. Yep. And Jones brought with him Darren Buchanan, who was a, a raw player but a good athlete, and Rodney Rice, who was just a, a good player all the way around in terms of athleticism. Oh, no, no question. So Jones uh, helped bring those guys into the fold because they were DMV guys, you know, uh, D.C., Maryland, Virginia guys up, up in that area. And then Jones left after like a year or two. Yeah. And yeah. Buchanan left immediately. And then everything. And is and is playing well somewhere else. And then Rice pulled a stunt that you will never see. He quit in October. Right. Right. Uh, three weeks before the season was supposed to start, he walked into Mike Young's office and said, I'm not playing this year. So he chose to not play this year at all. Don't know who's giving him that advice. But so – if you put Buchanan and Rice on this team, you oh, have more athleticism, more everything. depth. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's a victim of circumstances to some degree. He is. But he, he, is. he may be a fatal victim of the way the game is right now. Mm-hmm. It is difficult. Your roster turns over year after year, and that's not really Mike Young's thing. tough to keep those system guys, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, the other thing that is not appreciated by fans that is a subtlety, it is appreciated by the people at Virginia Tech. From Tim Sands to Whit Babcock to Mike Young, uh, the conference landscape is changing rapidly. Uh, most people in college athletics and people in the Virginia Tech athletic department think that it's all going to go down in the next two years. Yeah, the ACC's got their grant of rights through twenty thirty-five yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, it's it's all. I talked to people who talked to Witt, and Witt says it's all happening in the next two mm-hmm. years. So what Virginia Tech is doing is they are pouring all of their resources into football. They have to be good at football. That's exactly right. To be more attractive to this realignment <clears throat> or the next realignment that's going to happen. Um, now, as a sidebar, I think Virginia Tech fans have done a phenomenal job of making the case for Virginia Tech to be in the P2 whatever form that winds up taking. They sold out every game last year except the Syracuse game, which was a Thursday night game. Um, they put a, they sent a good contingent of fans down to Charlotte when Tech was playing Iowa and women's basketball. You know, Tech fans have done all they can do, and, and including when I talk about all the resources being poured into uh, football, what am I talking about, Rick? I'm talking about yeah, NIL. That's exactly right. Yeah. So resources now means <laughs> NIL. NIL. Yeah. And that's how Tech has been able to build and keep its roster in football. The player retention after last season was incredible, and that's due to NIL. It's also due to the culture that Brent Pry has built. Um, I talked to somebody in one of the NIL organizations at Tech who told me, you know, it's not just the NIL, he said, there is a culture in that football team of, of you know, it's not, it's never true of 85 guys, he said, but, but as a group, they're committed to Virginia Tech. They want Virginia Tech to do well. And this guy said, specifically, those wide receivers that all decided to stay and come back, they have a nickname for themselves. They call themselves the bad boys with a Z. They've got sweatshirts they've made up. He said, that wide receiver group in particular said, we all want to come back and make a difference at Virginia Tech. So there's a culture and there's NIL money flowing in. And the Mike Young discussion, that money's not flowing into basketball right now. No. So Mike is 
he's facing a number of of headwinds to to sum it up yeah one of them is his coaching style and the way he builds a team another one is just circumstances of players bailing on him because of a coach that he hired That's and, right. it, and it didn't work it out does, for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. By the way, Mike Jones got named head coach at ODU. Yeah, yeah. So, like, two years ago, he was head coach at DeMatha. Then he was an assistant at Tech, an now. assistant at Maryland, yep. and now he's going to be a head coach. So, boom, boom, boom. Perfect hire for them, by the way. <clears throat> think so? Yeah, I that's what so. people say. They think I it's think a good hire. I think he'll do a great job down yeah. there. And I hate for Jeff Jones, by the way, who I've known a long, long time, but I'm glad he's getting healthy. Now. Yeah, uh, so – so part of it is Mike Young's coaching style and the way he needs to build a roster. Part of it is the circumstances with Mike Jones and the players that exited. And they're not the only ones. They've, they've had some other players exit. And then the third thing is he's not going into battle with as much NIL as a lot of his competition. And to build on that, if you are trying to build a football, the last damn thing you're going to do is fire your basketball That's coach right. and pay him a six to eight million dollar buyout. buyout. Right, and then have to pay a new coach. And who knows what you might have to pay a new coach, right, to come in here? Virginia Tech typically pays above market value for their coaches because it is, in air quotes, difficult to recruit to Blacksburg because you know basketball is an urban game and Tech is a rural setting. Um, people hate it when you say that, and it's not true of everybody. But some players, no, I'm not going to Virginia Tech. I'm going to a city. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, <clears throat> so kind of. But I'm losing my train of thought there. I was talking about. Oh, Virginia Tech pay, pays above pays above market value, because there are some built-in difficulties with the program. It is not historically. And I think they've been to 15 NCAA tournaments in the entire history of the program. That's not a lot. That's not a lot. The fan support is great, and the conference is great. But it can be hard to recruit here, and for the time being, the NIL money is not there. So regardless of what is facing Mike Young right now, regardless of long-term trends and how he coaches and builds a roster, and regardless of the situation in NIL right now, you're not – he is here to stay. He has a long leash in the athletic department. And uh, so there are the – Surface, I call them the Facebook fans, you know, the ones who never dig into any depth in anything. And they're either super positive or super negative. There's no nuance in the middle. Right, right. There's a certain group of the Facebook fans that are already like, ah, we need to get rid of him. Skimming off the top, yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's not that simple, my friend. He's not going anywhere for the reasons I just laid out. And I agree with it. I don't think there should be any kind of feeling that he shouldn't be here. We'll see what you're right. That's a great point. And that hearing that, you know, I gave some information earlier this week, late last week. I have someone I know very well in the athletics administration in a Big Ten school. And they told me that right now Virginia Tech is not on anybody's radar. They're not on the SEC's radar. They're not on the Big Ten's radar. So it makes me wonder if this is something Whit Babcock knows. They want to be in the Big 12. They want to be part of it because the Big 12 is going to be part of this. I don't think Tech's going to be left out, but we'll see what all happens. We'll see what happens. And I was surprised to hear that because I have been, and you and I have discussed it, because of Tech fan, who you just referenced, I thought there'd be no way that anybody would jump into this new thing and not consider Virginia Tech. But what I was told is right now, that's not the case. We'll see. Could change. Well, that sucks. Well, we'll see. We'll so, see. so if you want to get into the market of Virginia, if you're the Big Ten or the SEC, then you're, you're going to take UVA they and take, there are 25,000 fans a game? Correct. UVA, I got that explanation. It's about 
It's being controlled more at the presidential level than it is from the athletic common sense level that we look at and understand the UVA academic reputation and everything around it has got the big – This is how, his wording was, it's got our presidents in our league mesmerized. Oh, for Pete's sake. I know. I'm just saying. Carolina, the Big Ten, by the way, is a done deal. Yeah, that's what I hear. That's done. Like, it's not even a matter of is, is this going to be discussed. It's been so, agreed so, upon. So is the, the Big Ten's probably interested in UVA, right? Correct. I, I just, Presidentially. I just, but, but, I, but I can just see I can just see the SEC. The Virginia Tech will lift the academic profile of the I SEC. I agree. I know. I, could, I can see the SEC sitting there quietly, and after the Big Ten takes UVA, the SEC going, suckers. I hope so. And inviting Virginia Tech. I hope so. Because remember, the SEC at this point is smaller than the Big Ten. Yes. Um, yeah, it is. It is. And, and these two conferences, as we've, as we've talked about, have zero geomet- ge- ge- geographical That's exactly overlap. right. And that's why they're working together now. He explained this whole thing. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting. Well, hmm. makes sense. Like, he said, everybody, we, he goes, we rocked the world, didn't we, when UCLA and USC came in? He goes, our, our presidents were working with the SEC presidents before this alliance was announced. They all knew it yeah. was going to happen because they brought in Texas and Oklahoma. So the Big Ten goes, all right, what do we need to do? Well, it was actually the SEC who helped get this done with the Big Ten. So, it's, it, folks, this has been going on a long time behind the scenes. It's all in how big do they want to make exactly it. Right. If they want to make it, eight divisions of six teams Virginia Tech is in. I cannot see a 48-team scenario either. where Tech is not part of it. I cannot either. But they decide not to be adversaries anymore. That's what happened. They realized, look, we're going to keep banging each other in the head, and we're going to go, what about all those dollars we left on the table? So that's why they decided to – Unify. Sure. Well, the AFC and the NFC merged back in 1967. Correct. It's the same thing. You know? Yeah, it's a great – yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Mm. Crazy. Well, I, I hope your friend is wrong. I do too. He's pretty well connected, though. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I hope he's wrong. But we'll see. I, and, and I hope I end up being right because you and I have said – I've maintained it all along. I don't know how you can watch a Tech game on a Saturday or a Thursday night and see that environment and think, ooh – I don't know if we want our league to be part of that or not. I don't. I know there's a lot more into it than that, but my God, the SEC, you have Vanderbilt. Yeah. <laughs> you have Mississippi State. That said, you, you watch a game, a football game in Mississippi State. Oh, Starkville's nice. It's, it's yeah, like Blacksburg. It's fun. It is. Um, it is. But not at Vandy. But again, well, p- here it comes. It's the. It's the, the part of what's working academic, against yeah yeah part of what's working against Virginia Tech is their own snobbery regarding the SEC yeah once it, Virginia Tech got into the ACC they love all those academic partnerships and the panache of being in the ACC with all those other great academic schools and they turned their nose the up at the thing. SEC he said that's funny you say that he said there's still a lot of animosity from that league toward Virginia Tech because they were offered a position. And basically, he goes, from their perspective, they were told, Virginia Tech told them that the SEC wasn't good enough for them. That was around 2011, 2012, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 This is like 15 and, years And Missouri ago. took what I call Virginia Correct. Tech's spot Missouri in the SEC. We'll take it. Us. We love it. Yeah. yeah. See? You're right. You hit it right on the head. He brought up the same thing, which tells me, you know, Tech's got work to do. Even that long ago, those of us who follow the athletic part of the puzzle – we're looking at the formation of the Big Ten Network and the SEC Network had been announced but not launched yet. And we were seeing the money that was generating 
And even though the SEC monetarily was the ACC was monetarily yeah. was competitive at that point in time, we could see the train at the end of the tunnel, right? right. But not the ones in Burris and places like that. That's at it. The, at that point, at the that old, point, right? At that point, the old guard was still in charge, and they were just so happy to be in bed with the ACC after all those years that they did not That's exactly see what right. was coming. Celebration was continuing too long into the next yeah. stage. Yeah. And, you know, you can, you can love where you are and still see the threats from the future. And to turn it into a tech sideline discussion, our bread and butter is subscription written material. And our subscriber base has been aging. Yeah. And we know that we need to increase our presence on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, places like that. We need to grow our social media presence, YouTube, and bring in that next generation of subscribers through that path. We love where we are now, but we also know the challenges of the future. And we're not stupid. We're not going to ignore those things because we like the other stuff that actually makes us money. And that's just that's just it's just bad leadership. It that's is. just being caught with it's, your pants it, it down is. and not being aware. It is. It is. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to wrap up hour number two. Great conversation with Will Stewart, as usual, here on a Friday. My name is Alana. All right, we're back to wrap it up. I mean, it's not a Friday with Will unless we hear Yon Hammer. <laughs> so great we're coming back from a long trip through the night charleston and we're going through trying to find a station because i don't have an aux cord to play my own music and about 3 a.m as we're getting ready to climb up fancy gap you know you start hearing <laughs> i heard this and i thought will is will here because <laughs> you get a little delusional when you've been driving that long will like, I expected to see you with a beatbox on your shoulder right there on the side of the road. <laughs> hey, let me leave you with this thought. How much time do I have? Seconds, but that's fine. Go ahead. The most important person to the future of Virginia Tech Athletics, and they're winding up in a P2 conference, is Kyron Drones. He must stay healthy Agreed. and he must play well. Agreed. Six and six this year won't do it. It must be 10 and two. A lot can change. Folks. So do do all you need to with Babcock and Tim Sands, but make sure Kyron Drone stays healthy. Folks, keep in mind, and I'm just going to tell you something else I was told. This thing changes about a hundred times every other week between those two leagues in the future of college athletics. We'll be back.